This is Twa Teams One Street from the Evening Telegraph, the only podcast as obsessed with Dundee and Dundee United as you are. This week, Candee jolt rejuvenated Jags, and no time for friendship as Goodwins United faces old buddies. Hello and welcome to this week's edition of Twa Teams One Street. I'm Tom Duthie. And podcasting this week are George Cran. Hello. And Graham Finnan. Hello, everyone. First of all, Alan Temple isn't here. He's um, boycotting the programme in support of Gary Lineker. <laughs> I told him it's DCT and not the BBC, <laughs> yeah. but it didn't seem to get through to him. No, he's on holiday, really. So, But I, I like the boycott thing better. also thought we could have had a wee game this week where could have written down a government policy on one bit of paper and two blank bits of paper, put it in a hat. Whoever pulls out the government policy gets to criticise it and gets the weekend off. Sounds no. good to me. Get to go to the football. That's what Gary Lineker did. Aye, I know. I think he enjoyed it. But. I was going to say, maybe he just fancied seeing a game, but the way Leicester are playing, just I don't <laughs> oh, think so. But more important than that, let's speak about Dundee first this week. Big week ahead, big news this week too. Over my usual extensive research period, which lasts a cup of coffee the morning before we come in to do this, the big news from Dundee seems to be this week is that a player who I won't name has split up with a girlfriend who might not have been his girlfriend anyway. What is modern journalism coming to, George? How is that, how is that a story about my football team in the sports section of not our papers? Or how we'd, I've not touched it, don't to you worry I'm, about that. I'm, Glad to hear. Uh, my daughter tells me it's called clickbait. <laughs> I've never heard of a fish called click. And why do you need to bait it with people? Yeah, no, you need to bait the people, I think. Uh, what? Can we just speak about football instead? Yes, please. Big, big few days coming up for the dark blues. It's probably... Well, actually, Gary Bory absolutely hates every week when we say, oh, it's a big game this weekend, and he goes, no, it's just three points again. But... Um, it is. It's the biggest week. He's of the a bit season. more optimistic than most Dundee fans have been. <laughs> no, since it's just just playing for the, it might not. <laughs> it might be no points again. Yeah, but yeah, I Partick Thistle away and then Air United at home within four days. Um, obviously, a game in hand on Queens Park. I've just noticed in the notes that I've done up for this week, I've not included an up-to-date league table, which doesn't help. But that's okay. Um, we'll, go, we'll, 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 we'll stumble through. <laughs> Queens Park obviously have a five-point lead. Um, and they're playing Inverness on Saturday. So it, it looks like it could be quite a pivotal weekend. Um, Dundee just have to get a result on the board. It's, they enjoyed their day at Partick the last time. Well, half of it anyway, they were 2-0 yeah. down at half time. Uh, and it that's sort of spat, it sparked their, their, good run, their yeah. other form that eventually took them at the top of the league, didn't it? But, but then two weeks ago, or just a few weeks ago, they, they were on the wrong end of it. Three one well, it's been an away team fixture this year, hasn't it? Actually, in every game, the away team scores three goals. <laughs> there's only, there's only one team I know will break that streak. Are you going, Bear? I'll be there on Saturday, yep. Um, I was there the last time, and at 2 nothing down at half time, there was quite a number of Dundee fans left for, for Hull and headed for the nearest hostelry. <laughs> and there was quite a few of them, you know, got the goals coming in on Gillette Soccer Saturday for hostility yeah yeah they were they were cheering in the pub shall we say um, and coming out the ground that day Tom it did feel that it was more than just a victory the way they managed to, to come back because at half time had Dundee gone on a loss which seemed as, as they would they would do you felt that Gary Boyer's position could come under a, a mm, you know yeah. a bit of question and you could have been on a sugarly peg early in his reign but then they go on, they take that victory and they go on. And I think that was the first game of the seven game winning mm -hmm. run, George. And it was, that's what they need to do now. We're now into the home straight. Um, I, you know, I don't like setting targets, but Dundee are going to need this, a run of that ilk, I think, if they're going to be champions. Because Queen's Park, they look like they might slip up here or there, but they don't look like they're going to drop a lot of points between now and the end of the season. They've got wins in them. Um, so Dundee have got to go and win the games themselves and I'm looking at the two games coming up and you know Partick Thistle on Saturday, Air United at home on Tuesday. I think the minimum Dundee 
kind of four from those games as four points from from the six, um, and and really they should be looking to take six because the scheduling doesn't doesn't help them as I no. said off air, and because of that they could find themselves looking at a huge gap to make up. And although they've got games in hand, that that puts real pressure on them at this point in the season. So. They've got to go to Fir Hill, as, as Tom says, they scored, they scored three goals there the last time and, and the way teams always score three goals in this game, let's hope they can get three on Saturday and hope the pack don't get four. <laughs> <laughs> um, Is it one of these things as well, we do, we understandably as the fans will do, look at Queen's Park, look at Queen's Park, but on Saturday, if Dundee, uh, under Chris Doolan, Partick have uh, been rejuvenated, if Dundee can beat them on Saturday... That's a big dent to this. I mean, you would probably say, particularly if if Queen's Park pick anything up at the weekend, if Dundee beat Thistle, Thistle are looking at playoffs. Yeah, as yeah. we're getting if, to that stage of a knockout blow, yeah. is it? But th- but then to look on the negative side of things, uh, that's my job. Yeah, Partick could overtake Dundee. Um, yeah, exactly. A, a two goal win sees them sees them ahead of Dundee. So um, that would I be think. that would be disastrous. Just the. the, the you know, I know it's yeah. a three points. It's, it is just three points, but the the fact that they're going in the wrong direction in the table at this stage of the season would be calamitous for Dundee. But we're not even yeah. going to contemplate that. Is that why it isn't just three points? Yeah. Because Dundee have okay. They, they won their last game. Well done. That's what that's what they needed. But it hasn't been great since the turn of the year. And if they start dropping down the table, yeah. psychologically, that's yeah. a huge blow. Yeah, and I said a two-goal win, that was a lot of rubbish. Anyone will see Partick ahead of them because obviously it's not up-to-date. League table is not up-to-date. <laughs> 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 and they're only two points behind. Um, but the same goes for Air. I mean, Air are only three points behind Dundee. It takes well, about so. an hour to record this, George. <laughs> and today it's going to take about 10 hours for you to edit it. So it sounds like we know what yeah. we're speaking about. Um yeah, we expected these two teams as well to be the the top two mm-hmm. at the start of the season. Obviously, Partick fell away big time, and have come back. Um, Which is quite it's quite a remarkable transformation under yeah. Chris, Chris Doolan. You know, I mean, people were quite surprised. You know, when Ian McCall was shown the door mm-hmm. at Partick along with his coaching staff, um, and we've normally found out the real yeah. reasons behind yeah. what went on there, and they've kept it pretty quiet. But I think it was basically because they got beat by Cove Rangers. Yeah, I yeah, think I, that was, I, I was, I was purely down to the results. That was the final one, I think. But uh-huh. then Chris Doolan, who I've got to say, in his time as a player, you know, put the knife into Dundee a few times mm. and a few other teams as well. Um, and, and the colours of Partick Thistle uh, has done a remarkable job. And I think obviously that, that shows that um, he's quite a, an astute manager. He knows the game inside out, but one, he's got the players obviously playing for him. I think they quite like him. So, mm-hmm. you know, that, that, that's dangerous for for any opposition. He was always a clever player, Doolan. He was. And people, yeah. people always made a lot, quite rightly, about the number of goals he scored because it was phenomenal. But he... Uh, I remember him as a player the times I saw him he, he didn't bother doing stuff out the box because no. that wasn't his game mm. he, he, he was very much the ty- the players yeah. that you like to see because he stuck to what he was good at and that yeah. was getting in the box he was, he was he, that is, that's exactly it and he's one of the guys that before any game I'm sure any manager would say now the guy you've got to watch is Chris Doolan but he gets in the box yeah. keep your eye on him but he was always find a bit of space and one thing he could do if he found a bit of space he could take a chance and score a barrel load of goals mm. for Thistle and it's one of those you'd have to say to your centre half look if we're doing all the attacking and the ball's played up to him and he looks like he's asleep, don't yeah. forget that yeah. changes when he gets in the yeah. box. Yeah. But but again, it, there was an intelligence that yeah. was always obvious so in his game, sick, so it's maybe not surprising he's yeah, doing that. Yeah, there was well. a lot of second-phase stuff. He wouldn't attack yeah. the, the first ball into the box. He'd go and find the space, and then mm. when, when the ball eventually broke, he was in he was, he was in that space. But fortunately, he's not actually playing for Thistle. Yeah, no. so they, they do have Brian Graham, who yeah. has, has taken will. great delight yeah. in... Giving yeah. Dundee a kick in uh, in terms of goals and giving poor Cammy <laughs> Kerr a proper <laughs> kick in uh, the last time. So. Well, I mean, it's something that Brian Ga- Graham has probably added to his game the older he's got because he's he was always good in the air. But you, I remember him in his days at United and before that, the couple of clubs he was at, you always felt if Ali Ashcroft got in about him, mm-hmm. he didn't have the physical strength. No. If he could if he mm. could find space, he was really dangerous yeah. in the air. But jumping against a big centre half, you always felt in his younger days he would come off second best because yeah. he's not the bulkiest. But he seems to have a bit 
a bit like there to say, Dundee United hero Craig Brewster did. Mm. Uh, as his career went on, he reinvented himself as a physical centre forward. And Graham still surprises me. I, I look at Dundee's centre backs and think you should be able to take care of Brian Graham. Just make sure you're close to him when you jump because yeah. you've got the power that he still doesn't have. They do. Uh, they've got threats. I like the lad Tiffany. He's a really busy, quick player on the wing. He, he's, he's one they'll have to look out for. But Dundee got their own threats as well. I mean, I think that game was probably kind of cemented Zach Robinson as, as the favourite mm-hmm. striker that one at Fir Hall. He scored two goals coming off the bench. Or he scored one and set one up, I think. Um, I know, just have to hope that after all these weeks of him since he re-signed that he's, he's fully up to speed because he hasn't quite been there. Um, there's injury troubles and things but then he had a bounce game I think it was on Friday against St Johnston so they've, they've kept things ticking over despite not having a proper fixture they've they managed to get minutes into legs and you'd hope you never know coming off, the, off a weekend off whether they're rusty or if it was, it was a good yeah. break and a refresh so we'll see how that pans out in the first half the, what they have to be certainly is, is a lot better than they were the last time against Partick. And a lot better than the one in the first half down there uh, in the exactly. autumn. Mm-hmm. Although they don't have Derek Ossie up front. Maybe I say that. <laughs> <laughs> I was not impressed. That's, that's a bit cruel. That's, that's cruel. That's it is cruel. cruel but, um, that lad's still top scorer, is he not? <laughs> he, did, he, did, he, did, he did a job. I have to I have to give him credit for that. Um, he actually, had, I think the first half, he got he got left up front on his own. He did. And just, no found, it, found it impossible. And then they made the change at half time, obviously, and yeah. changed the way that they were playing. It worked for them. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, 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 going to be, it's going to be tough. It'll be interesting to see what he does. I've not had a game for a couple of weeks. I played quite well up at Cove in the last game. They looked solid. Didn't, yeah, I did the job. I've got to say, that they didn't... I mean, I don't think they were brilliant, but when they got their noses in front, they looked quite comfortable, and you know the, the second goal kills it. But I mean, obviously, he made a few changes for that game. Um, I, you know, I'd be interested to see how he goes against yeah. Thistle. It was only, I think, it was only enforced changes. I think he made in that one. Yeah, it was pretty much. There was a few injuries, weren't there? Yeah, Kamikar was injured. Yeah. Barry Maguire was injured, uh, and there was a couple. Uh, Thomas was out. So I think it was only a couple. Can we out this? But yeah, this they're not really sure how long he's going to be. Um, an that's a not. blow at this time of the season because that's the kind of player you want somewhere in your team, don't you? Well, he's been really good, actually. Uh, the, all season, he's been really yeah. really consistent. Um, Best good. overall player this season? It's it's other, I mean, Paul McMullen's yeah. hit higher heights Zach yeah. Robinson's hit higher mm. heights yeah. consistency cami has been your he's, sort of 7, seven yeah. and a half yeah. out of 10 man he's every also, week he's he? also shown great maturity nowadays on the ball yeah. in the past he used to just lash it everywhere but he's, he's quite clever on the ball now as well he very rarely wastes the ball when he's got it he'll, mm. he'll try to find the man and that comes with experience and comes with age so yeah it will be a, it will be a loss if, he, if, he, if he's not playing especially down that uh, well down Park's left hand side because we've got the guy Harry Mullen as well. Yeah. He likes to get forward. He's a danger getting into the box. But I've got to say it's a great opportunity if, he, if Sam Fisher if he sticks Sam Fisher out there. He's done. He's yeah. done well. He's done well, hasn't he? You know, he's another young lad by, by great potential. And if the door opens for you, you've just mm. got to go and go and take I th- it. I think they played Josh Mulligan in that bounce game. Yeah. So it could be. Obviously, he's, he's not maybe a natural defender. But he's got that pace and power that yeah. could maybe combat Tiffany or, or Milne coming yeah. as well. Um, Maguire's back, so I would expect him to probably step straight back into centre mid. He's played every minute he's been fit. Yeah, um, manager likes him, doesn't he? He does. Um, uh, I was, well, I asked the manager this week about Sean Bourne and Finn Roberts, and they would play that very similar defensive midfield position to see basically what they need to do to get back in the team because Sean Bourne's obviously been a big player for Dundee for a long time and, and so fans we like it. In. I know but I think we keep saying more often than the manager does uh, yeah um, it does say they'll have a part to play uh, between now and the end of the season what that part is and how big it is I think uh, I think question. anybody looking at it I mean I think the manager's got to got to say certain things to the press George but, but looking yeah. at how often Burns been used yeah. and the amount of times he's been left out I think I've got to say, I, I just think the manager feels there's better options than Burnley Dens at this mm-hmm. point in mm-hmm. time. And you've, sometimes you've just got to, we know what Burn can do for Dundee. 
Um, as a manager, the Texas team is sometimes you've just got to accept if a, if a manager, you know, thinks there's somebody better than you at the club, then you've got a problem, and yeah. that's that's something that we've got. So, just because you, George has mentioned two defensive midfielders and Sean Byrne and Finn Robertson, is it a bit about style as well? Sean Byrne, who can play with the ball at his feet, mm -hmm. he is a quite a tenacious tackler, whereas you would say a Finn Ro a non-form Finn Robertson, his strength defensively is being in the right place and keeping the ball. Yeah. Mm. Well, he's, he's worked on, on Finn quite a bit this season, I think, particularly at the start of the season, to change the way... I, th I think he felt Finn Robertson was, was playing the easy pass too often. He'd win the ball and then just roll it back to the defender. Or Liverpool, then, <laughs> square, square pass. So he... he, he I saw, I think it was Stranraer he played, he, he was talking to him on the pitch after the game and telling him he wasn't in the right positions or he, he needs to be progressive with it, the way he's passing the ball and I think we saw, we saw a bit of that when Finn came back into the team kind of, what, November, December and he did well, he scored, scored some goals which he'd, he'd never even got I close think, to scoring previously. The manager's right but there is, are times in games when there is a time for, for an easy pass is brilliant it, it keeps, yeah. keeps the ball away from the opposition but for a team like Dundee, who are expected to be on the front foot most weeks, you need someone who's got yeah. going to going to play that forward pass, going to play that turn pass, going to put the opposition under pressure. That's the problem. I've done these back in games, allow opposition to build, get a foothold in mm. games, and they've done that too often this season when they should be running over the top of teams. In, in my opinion, that's why he's wanting his players to be, you know, going all all the time. So that's well, probably why Finn spent more time on the bench than on the yeah. park. Yeah, I mean, I, th I think. That was the big problem they had against Partick just that yeah. a couple of weeks ago. At the end, they, they let Thistle get um, on top right from the start and, and never really got got themselves going. In terms of Maguire, I, I think the manager just likes his mobility and getting around the pitch. I think he's big and strong and, and it's that type of defensive material. I think that's the type that the Boyer likes. He, he kind of said that when he took over, that it would, it would be a team that works really hard and... and well, we've seen, if you look down south at the English Football League, everyone tends to be massive. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's yeah. all about uh, physical attributes. Um, so Which again, going back to the time of season, I, do, no I problem don't see any any great flaw in that logic. No. Particularly when you've got some of the players with Dundee, the talent that Dundee players have. A big, th a big thing in this league is if you stop the other team playing and you've got boys that can yeah. take a chance... You'll win games. Yeah. Well, taking chances. Taking a chance. That seems to be their biggest, their biggest issue this season. And many times they've come in here and said a game that's been drawn, they've passed up. Even the games they've won, the, the amount of times mm. they've, they've passed up a lot of chances. And there's nobody really stepped forward. You hoped it was going to be Zach Robinson when he came in at first. And he did it for a while. Paul McMullen went on a wee streak. But there's nobody scoring, you know, every week. And there's nobody scoring multiple goals in games. Normally a striker, yeah. you get somebody that's scoring, they'll get one or two. I've got two. I mean, you've probably got the stats, George. I can't remember the last time somebody scored. Probably Zach Robinson. I, I really don't know. I mean, but there's not many. You don't see it. And you see other clubs where it, where it does happen, where they get, hmm. you know, one man's banging the goals. But the problem we've got at the moment, there's nobody really banging in goals. And that's that's what's allowing teams, to, you know, to, to keep on Dundee's tails. Um, so let's go with somebody Somebody finds a, a striking streak. It could be hmm. anybody. It's time, for, it's time for them all to really get back on it again. Whether it's... Whether it's the strikers, whether it's Josh mm. Mulligan, uh, uh, sorry, whether it's Zach Robinson or, or Paul McMahon, I could go go deeper to, to Josh Mulligan. He should be getting more goals when he's on the yeah. park. There's no doubt about that. Ben Williamson like, likes to get shots mm. at goals. Everybody, you know, because that's what they're going to need. They're going to need to get wins. The problem they've got is, as well, and, and you know, we see Queen's Park and the, and the way they've, they've stolen a march on Dundee a wee bit. The big problem Dundee have got is the I was hoping Dundee would be in the Queen's Park situation yeah, because they don't play Queen's Park until the last game yeah. and that suits the team at the top because Dundee would would have liked to have been playing Queen's Park this week yeah, definitely. to pull them yeah. right back into it but they might not get that opportunity to yeah. you're relying you're, we're now relying on other clubs to do that and you know Dundee need, Dundee need to look after themselves and go out and win games that, that's the thing I, let's let's be ultra optimistic yeah. they've, they've, they've just gone to Firhill on Saturday picked up three points by scoring another three goals and not conceded any this time. <laughs> whatever, whatever air do this weekend, not a bad time to be getting air at Dens next Tuesday. 
simply because it'll be their third game in a week and I mean, no offence to air, but hopefully they don't do well on Saturday. But if they don't, they've still got that hangover of the cup tie against Falkirk, which yeah. they did throw away. Yeah, that was, I was surprised, actually, that they lost that. The way they started that game, they looked like the air that started the season. And then Falkirk just battled their way back into it and, and took the game away from them. Um, and then, But then gave it back to them with the penalty. Yeah. yeah. Which, I, I, I don't... Aaron Falkirk are <laughs> too much of a concern. Ex-Dundee United player called Donaldson gave away the penalty mm. and didn't complain. And despite three or four replays, nobody could work out what the penalty was for. <laughs> and I'm thinking, why are you not shouting at the referee, pal? Yeah. I can't see what you did there. <laughs> but Akin Akinyemi scored. As Bear's talking about strikers, so he's still scoring goals. He's, he's to be fair to Dundee when, when they've played there, apart from the first time. The, the most recent couple of games they've shackled him pretty well I think yeah, he's yeah. maybe a type of player that Sweeney Nashkoff quite enjoyed mm-hmm. coming up against um, but he's, he's still scoring no, goals he's still a player. danger he is, player, he, he is a he? danger I think he's he's gone off the boil a wee bit I've got to say from where he was yeah. at the start of the season that can happen eh? um, but he's still putting he's the still, work in yeah. so I, I noticed yeah. that in the game I watched the second half of the Falkirk air game he puts a hell of a lot of work in outside the box, oh, yeah, doesn't he? He does. He really does. He does. He, he, he covers the ground and he, he, he can play a pass and he, he brings other players into the game because his sheer physical strength sucks players in and keeps the ball. So, yeah, it's, it's obviously it is a big danger. But you're right, it's, it's, as we touched on earlier, it's it's knockout blow time. Yeah. Beat Partick, knock them out. Beat Air United, knock them out. Yeah. And then you really are just looking at, you know, the, Too the, the race to, yeah. to catch Queen's Park and overhaul them. But... As there's, there's a few big Mr. big ifs in there I've got to say yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 But sure, I mean it's surely the time for Dundee to do that I mean you take Ayr Ayr done great this season look a good team but it's not a big squad no it'll be their third game in eight days mm-hmm. they can't turn change things around and freshen it up the way Dundee can so there's no excuses for Dundee yeah they're, they're playing Hamilton away on Saturday which at the start it's of the season, might have been a, a bit much easier. more difficult yeah. game since Christmas, hasn't it? Generally, you have to work really hard to get something there. Yeah. Now, and on the surface, that people don't, don't particularly like. And the big boy Akiyemi, Akiyemi won't. He'll not enjoy a third game in a week after one of them. Two of them have been on Astro. Yeah, exactly. Um, so fingers crossed for Dundee on, on that front. But they're too We've much. Too all out for yeah. Them. So easy, but George, you, you get get the tape deck out, right? The old tape deck. Record this and get it up to date. <laughs> Never mind the manager's team talk. Just yeah. like, just do it. Just do it. Yeah, sponsored by Nike these days. Um, <laughs> They've got to go and do it for themselves. They've got. Yeah. I mean, uh, two victories would be huge in terms of where are in the league, but in terms of momentum again. Yeah. You know, you'd like to think that we'd, that we'd cut a put them towards, you know, the, the, the you know the last sort of half a dozen or, or more games that, that would remain. And uh, when you look at this, it, it's, it's Partick, it's Air, then it's Hamilton, Arbroath, and Wraith. Now, surely, if you win, if you win the first two, I can't be doing with this three point. No. We're only looking as far as the next game. Yeah. You've got no. to have any. You, you have to look ahead. Yeah, you do, and and you've got to say, well, boys, if you. Go and win this, win the next one. You should be able to talk about the the big picture and prepare for the next game properly. Yeah. And and, and they have Gary Boyer and his staff have to be thinking win the next two and we're on a big roll here. Mm-hmm. I'm yeah. sure they do think that, but I don't think they'll ever say it, particularly to the players. I think that that's the that's the main message, I think is that the players don't think ahead because they, oh, they will easy, do it. The easiest thing in the world as a boss is to say to your employee, <laughs> here's what our plans for the future are, but see the task you've got to do now, you've mm. got to give 100% to that task. Yeah. That and, and, and we tend to sort of laugh about footballers at times. And okay, they're young guys, but they've got brains. Yeah, exactly. Trust them to quote, is it, you're, expect, you're a Dundee player in the championship, you're expected to get promotion now focus on this game mm. that's coming up. So What's the, wrong with saying that? N- nothing. What, um, 
Oh, I'm on my high horse today. <laughs> on, what points total do you think would be acceptable from these five? Win them all! I, it's, I mean, I think you look back, if you're, if you're Dundee in the Championship, mm. and I always say that if your Hearts, Hibs, Dundee United, in the Championship, your objective is to win every... That's where you do take yeah. it one game at a time because the objective is simple. Win the next game. Mm. Win the next game. You should always look to win. Now, obviously, over the course of a season, over the course of a run, you're not going to win every game or it's going to be an incredible season if you do. But then you look... Right now, you're going Patrick Thistle, three points. Air, three points. Hamilton, three points. Arbroath, three points. Wraith, three points. Now, things happen in games. So... If one of them's a draw or one of them's a really unlucky defeat, you look back after it and say, "Well, there was reasons for that, yeah. so we're no we're no going to we're no going to lose mm. sleep or, or declare it failure, because these things happen in football." Yeah. But when you're looking at it, you're saying, "That's where they can go the next game, win, 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 win." To me, if I'm Gary Boyer, what I'm thinking is, "Win the next eight games," because hopefully that means your yeah. last game your last game's a party when you go to Queen's Park. Yeah. That would be nice to like you're thinking behind that. <laughs> uh, I think I might be a bit, bit tighter than that. But oh, I think so. The, too, the fact, what you've just said is one, that's what they should be looking to do, and two, they've done it before. Mm -hmm. They did it after the party game and, and one seven in a row. seven on the bounce. So they've got it in their locker mm -hmm. to go and do that. Now, as, as you've said, sometimes games conspire against you and things can happen, and you know, penalties and own goals and sending offs, and you might lose, but if you can win four out of five, you'll not be far away. From Queen's Park. I mean, uh, I know Queen's Park are going to pick up points, but if they can take 12, drop 12 from well. 15, mm. they'll not be far away. And, and, and you know, that's, that's that's what they should be looking to do. Tom's right. That's what they should be saying behind closed doors. And again, yeah. on this thing about don't just sort of spend your whole week saying it's the next game, it's the next game. Players have got to know they've got to be 100% yeah. focused when the game comes. Look at the top four. Queen's Park, beating them twice ridiculously easily at Dens. Yep. Air United... Beat them when you played over half a game with 10 men to go yep. away from home, to go to the top of the league. Patrick Thistle, beat them down there already. And and then you say to them, and look at the games where you haven't beaten these teams. Yeah. It was your fault. Yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't they, they didn't beat you, yeah. you beat yourselves. I and think, that's hammering the need for consistency. The game against Partick at Danes just recently when the one was particularly disappointing. It wasn't a Dundee performance this season. The games that they've lost, most of the games they've lost this season, you could, you could, with one reason or another, there's been games that they, they've lost that they should have actually won. There's, I remember the Arbroath game at Danes, that was one of these very yeah, strange games where two, things yeah. sort of, like, they defended incredibly poorly, but things did conspire against mm. them that day as well. First game down at air for the yep. first 20, 25 minutes, yeah. Dundee swept them aside. Exactly, mm. exactly. You know, so, yeah, I think they've got the match for these teams, but, you know, it's, it's, it's the, the points they've not picked up in other areas have left them where they are. But, yeah, yeah, it's still in their hands. It's still in their hands to go and do it. And exactly. there's got to be an air of positivity around the club as, as they go into these games. What I would say is, start the games in, po in a positive manner. You know, don't wait for something to happen. Get right at teams. Get right at them. Mm. Make them make them know that they are in a game. You know, don't give Park the upper hand on Saturday. Then wait for 45 minutes before you get a grip of the game. Now's not the time for that. The time is to get out there and get the sleeves rolled up. And as soon as that whistle goes, get stuck right in. Another news, George. Josh Mulligan, under 21s. Lyle Cameron, not. Why? Not so much, George. I'm not, not going to go with Josh Mulligan. <laughs> no, it's good to see Josh uh, get called up again. He's obviously been in the squad a few times, I think. Obviously liked by Scott Gemmell. Scott Gemmell was at the party game that we've been talking about because I pretty much bumped into him as I walked into the stadium. Um, I, I'm guessing that's maybe just the wrong game to watch, Lyle Cameron, because Dundee obviously had a very poor game. He, he didn't have his best game. Uh, but it surprises me that you could see a player that scored nine goals, not all in the league, but at championship level, yeah. he scored nine goals for a championship team and... Yeah, not it, called up. You think it'd be worth a look, wouldn't you? Yeah, just the fact that he can, uh, he knows where the back of the net is. Um, and normally you would say it's not the worst thing for Dundee at this time of the year, but given that he hasn't been in the team right since the very start of the season and it's been so stop start, it probably done him good if he did got a bit of involvement. Eh? Yeah, plus Dundee don't have a game that weekend. Yes, as, as it stands, because um, it's at the end of this month. 
Um, so they wouldn't have they wouldn't have lost. Well, they won't lose Josh Mulligan for, for for a game. They wouldn't have lost two players for a game. But um, yeah, I would I would have liked to have seen that. Probably well, Dundee have some really good young players. They they, they should be looking up here a lot more than I think they are. But. Yeah, especially they're all, they've all been getting game time this season. Just just touching on that, what George, I, I think you saw one of your pieces this week where the manager was actually praising Mulligan mm. and Cameron. And we've actually had a letter. It hasn't actually appeared in the paper yet, but where it's, it's saying that's very good, the manager praising these players. But it's no very good that they're out of contract yeah. in the summer yeah. along with all two or three the other young ones, Fisher, Mark exactly. Sanderson, Harry Sharp. So... You know, it's, it's about time the club did something with that. The, the fans are getting, you know, a wee bit anxious yeah. on that. I mean, I, I, Finn Robertson as well. I think I think these boys, if they can, if they've not got offers elsewhere, they should, they're definitely worth new deals. There's no doubt about that. Now, we're not privy to what's going on behind the scenes and everything seems quite... And there's been one or two rumblings, but nothing major. So I'm sure that some sort of discussions have taken place. But... Fans, fans do get anxious. Maybe. Yeah, no, the the ones that have been offered contracts are the young players, yeah. but that was way back yeah, in sure. August. So they've not been signed. Tells you that either I don't get any inkling from speaking to the young lads that they want to particularly leave. But I think maybe the offers aren't as what big as they think well, they should be, or their agents think they should be. Probably more likely. Well, maybe, 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 if I were a club down south, I'd, I'd be after Cameron now. Yeah, maybe maybe mm. I'm doing a bit, maybe they're doing the club a, a disservice then if, if, if that's the case. But I find it hard to believe that they'll be looking for a king's ransom. I mean, no, I mean, exactly. I don't think they would be. You either. know, for what for what's you know, but they're all they've all and, and hats off to the academy because they've all yeah. come through and mm. they've all hats off to Gary Boyer. He's given a lot of them their chance. And but the, the one good thing is you don't worry now about. I, mean, I remember Leo Cameron. I was actually. Uh, James McPake threw him on in the game at Dunfermline yeah. and he was so far off in terms of physicality and, and, and in terms of you know his, his age and his, his his experience and he you know he was really thrown at the deep end and I think James McPake admitted that to a point but there was a player there yeah. and you've seen that now him come through I think he's one of these guys Tom he needs he needs to be played in the right yeah. set up he needs, he needs people around him that can do mm-hmm. the physical stuff because he is quite slight yeah. but as George has said He's a, a midfielder that can score goals and can create goals worth their weight in gold that's why I say if it was an English club because they, English clubs famously take Scottish players whatever age you grew and the first thing they do is put them in the gym for mm. three or four months every afternoon yeah. and well, I think that's what they would Gary Boyle actually do. touched on a player earlier on the season and compared that, yeah. them and it was uh, uh, Barry Bannon yeah. And I saw him at the start. I was actually, well, I wasn't a fortunate. I went down to see Sheffield Wednesday, believe it or not. Um, and Barry Bannon was the best player on the park. I think he it may, wasn't a great game. But I think he's seen he's, as one of the best players in he's League the One. Best player, yeah. And he's a. Barry Bannon's also now coming towards yeah. the end of his career. But you could see Barry Bannon, how he's filled out. Barry Bannon started off the same size <laughs> as Lyle Cameron. Yeah, but Tom's right. You go to England, first thing they'll do is stick him in the gym for yeah. you know, a season and wait and see how. how Physically stronger, he becomes, and but he's a, a similar type of player, you know, a boy that keeps the ball and, and can pass for fun. Good it, stuff. It, oh, sorry, sorry, George, I was, was going to say something. <laughs> I was just going to say, I think I'm pretty sure he'll be in the under twenty ones at some point. And then, yeah, oh future, yeah, so. I don't think I'm not. I'm not overly critical of yeah. him for not taking him yet, but he'll have under twenty one caps. Rest assured. Moving swiftly across the road, chaps. Mark Ogren has revealed that he is making funds available to new United manager Jim Goodwin to make a signing if he can find a free agent. Now, hey, call it age, but I happen to know. Well, A, he has to be quick because there is still the old transfer Mm -hmm. window from the end of March, so there's not that long. And while it's a nice gesture by the owner, where where do you find a top-class free agent in the middle of March? Exactly. Um, James Bond on his holidays, I suppose. That's a really bad joke. He's a bit bit old these days anyway. Um, Yeah, it's. I mean, you have to go looking. And he might be a she. (laughs) Yeah. Um, They were obviously looking at Bill Hamid, the the goalkeeper, uh, to kind of solve their issue at the back and decided to not to go forward with that. So 
I think in all, on the the goalkeeper situation was he would have to wait about five games before they're up to speed and get up to fitness. How many least. games should you have to wait for a midfielder or a exactly? That, that's so. I'm, 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 I was surprised when I saw that story this morning in Italy. Um, Excellent story that was. We can yeah. only report what's happening. Exactly. Are no. you sorry? Why am I saying we? I did. I didn't take any responsibility <laughs> when it was we. I'm not taking any responsibility now. Um, but uh, what Jim Goodwin showed not in his short time at United is that he's not afraid to make decisions, make big decisions. Obviously, Ryan Edwards dropped to the bench last time, and he, he's made decisions in games pretty swiftly. Um, in, in the Livy game, he, he accepted he got things wrong in the first half, changed at half time. Um, Kieran Freeman obviously got subbed as well when he was at real risk against sent off. So he's he's shown himself to to be decisive. Um, the good thing in this situation is that the club has obviously given them the opportunity to be decisive if if they can actually find a player that will help United. They've obviously got some injury issues as well, which is making things harder, but. As he, he said himself in the story, there's a reason players are free agents. George, this, this, is lo- this is George's last podcast because <laughs> he's actually just been elected to Parliament because he managed to answer <laughs> that question, fill up all our time so we can't do a follow-up question. <laughs> but you never actually answered it. Where's the free agent that they're going to get? He's out there. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Right, bear your time. Yeah. Yeah. Unless Jim Goodwin's got someone yeah. up his sleeve. Yeah. I mean, that is a good story and it's a, it's a nice story, but it's just at this time of the season, who, as you say, who are you going to get that's going to be fit enough to come in and play? It's just, it's an impossible, yeah. it's an impossible ask. I mean, if someone is out there that's fit enough, why are they not playing football? That's mm. what I would say. Um, I think Jim Goodwin has basically got to go and he'll, he'll understand he's got to go with yes. what he has got at yes. his, his disposal at this moment. Jim Goodwin is firefighting to the best of his ability. United are, are at the foot of the table. They're three points adrift. You know, every game is a, is a hugely pressurised situation. It was great for him to get him glad. Bloody for him he got that point at, at Livy. Yeah. It gives him some, something to, to cling to going forward. But where United are, you know, they need to keep picking up points and they're going to need to pick up more than points going forward. Uh, Opportunity on Saturday against uh, St Mern. Stephen Robinson's put together a a, a real decent Premier League side there. As he did at Motherwell, he's proved himself to be a shrewd manager. He knows knows the league inside out. He knows what it takes to win games. He knows that some games you're going to need players with power. But he's also mixed that with with a few quality players in there as well. But they've now become a real tough team and they've got a real chance of finishing in that top six. I would think so. It's going to be difficult for United, but it's one. It's a game they've got to go and look to to get three points from. Um, how Jim Goodwin does that with a team that's that's, that's struggled to, to find a goal and still to get mm. victories, I do, I don't know. But um, I, I, I take it he's been working hard on the training ground to to, to get get a, get a message over to his players that you know they are capable of winning games again. You know you go on a poor run, you simply think about ever going to score a goal, ever going to yeah. going to win a game, and and players can become. Uh, you know, quickly, you know, disconsolate and disheartening. And where you're there, you can't have that. You can't have that. And Jim Goodwin, his own reputation is on the line here. <laughs> you know, I always, I, I still, I still eh, have my own doubts about why he actually, I, I, you know, I still wonder why yeah. he, he stepped back in so quickly. I think, I think, although he, Aber, as Aberdeen, his time at Aberdeen ended really badly, I think his stock in Scottish football it's still quite good, Tom. You know, I think things can happen in football and it could happen to any mm. manager. He got caught right. in that Aberdeen. I'm just really surprised that he's come into Dungeon United and put himself in a situation where ultimately if things go wrong, he now has the Aberdeen one hanging over him and also a relegation to Dundee United. Yeah. He would turn that very quickly on his head and say, yeah, but we're not going to get relegated to Dundee United. And he is a confident man. He speaks, you know what, Jim Goodman? Speaks fantastically well. Yeah. There's no doubt about that. So hopefully he can trans trans translate that to the, the playing staff and, and get them all believing that they can't escape this because it's going to take it's, it's going to take a hell of an effort to get them off the foot of that table Aye. I must admit I found, find myself in a funny position with, with Jim Goodwin taking the job at Dundee United because it's a decision by him that I totally disagree with, with because I think he should have given himself more time uh, to recover from his experience at Aberdeen but at the same time you, you, you admire his 
I was going to say a word I shouldn't have said there. He's bottle, shall we say? And he's. Did it you know, sound like bottle? It started with B, certainly. And it's what I usually speak anyway. Sorry, I, I figured out how to use the bleeper a couple of weeks ago. So. But I do, I, mean, I do have great admiration for his, you know, his, his character for for taking for taking the job on. And I think we we, we touched on it last week when you were off on your holly bobs beard that. that he made a big decision before the draw with Livingston to drop Ryan Edwards and it comes as no surprises in the days since that as he's explained that it's quite clear that he sat down with Ryan Edwards face to face. Now, it might come as a surprise to some people but some managers drop players and the players only find out yeah, an hour before yeah, kickoff, yeah. and it's a lot more common than you think. That, no, 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 you're my captain, you're okay but he's actually sat down with him, explained the reasons mm. And he said he's encouraged by Ryan Edwards' reaction to that, and it, but it shows the strength of character Goodwin has. It'd be interesting to see if he's in the team. It's harder if he sticks with the the, the one he went with at Livy, because obviously he wasn't happy with the way things started at Livy. Yeah. But um, it could be a decision to make. I'd, I'd probably expect him to probably be on the bench still, but yeah. It's, it's a balancing act like that, especially with your senior players. Like I say, I think it's great, and and the player will appreciate that it was done face to face. But when it be- if it becomes four, five, six, seven, eight, nine games that mm, you've not yeah. played for, then you're like, okay, a senior player's like time for me to move then. Yeah. I can uh, mean Edwards. Will, uh, I think he'll come back at some point. It's a difficult yeah, one. Yeah. So, I mean, Edwards has been a fantastic player yeah. for Dungeon United, and but it's just had a bad period. There is no doubt that. He, you know, when they're, they're going through this run of losing games, every time you're looking on the TV, unfortunately for Ryan Hedbers, he seemed culpable quite a lot yeah, of things yeah. for the goals they were losing. Now, what does a manager do? What are you supposed to do exactly. with a player that's... Do you just persevere and persevere? When you're, when you're at the bottom of the league and you've only got, you know, 10 games to go or whatever it is, you, you can't persevere. You've got to try and change things. And he's changed that. And, and fair play, I mean, he's, he's actually... The, the, the young lad from Huddersfield, he's given him game time. Mm-hmm. And he, he's, quite like he's talked like him, him up yeah. quite a lot. I think he's a bit raw, Aggressive, which, which could, yeah. be, could be a bit, <laughs> yeah. a bit dangerous, you know, yeah. in, in certain aspects. But if he's doing a job and he's physical enough, and, you know, I think Brian Edwards, I think you're right, I think Brian Edwards may have to wait a bit mm. before he gets back into that team. And he's also, I think Goodwin's, is he also, well, I think, but discuss... Sure, he's got a bit of manager's uh, psychology about him. He's praised Mark Berrigiti. Now, he might as well praise him because he's really got no one else just now, does he? Well, he's got Jack Newman. There's, uh, I thought that I thought he did okay up at Ross County. I don't think he was protected particularly well by the, the guys in front of him. Um, but Berrigiti is far more experienced than, yeah. than Jack Newman is. Um, but yeah. There is a bit of that. He's he's the goalkeeper. He's, he's they're sticking with him, um, and obviously he's not had a great season. He's still confident in himself. Mm-hmm. Judging by his, his interviews, he seems. Um, I'm not sure it came across <laughs> came across so well to United fans that he, he just brushed off any criticism and, and didn't really admit any <laughs> culpability for any mistakes or anything. Well, I, but I would hope he does. I mean, an experienced player like him, you would hope he brushes. Yeah. Yeah. I know you can't. I know fans get annoyed when they when they see people say, "Oh, that doesn't bother me." But you, as much as we're in an industry that criticises performances, you want characters that go well. well fair that, enough. I've made yeah. a mistake. Well, yeah, a couple of weeks ago, I was listening to a, a podcast with Peter Schmeichel on it, and he, he was asked how he got over making a mistake or getting over a bad moment, and because he was saying the best keepers. My, it was on the back of the first leg of the Liverpool Real Madrid game, and both keepers made mistakes. And how they turned that around, and he it's just George's revenge. Which I didn't <laughs> mention Liverpool yeah, Man United last week. Right. Uh, Thanks for that, George. He, he, he was saying how the best keepers are the ones that just put that to the side, and yeah. then they make a great save after it. But his technique was to say, "I didn't make a mistake. It was his fault." And point at somebody else, no matter what had happened. It was always somebody else's fault, and that's how, think, in his yeah, head, how it went. Yeah, I think, so. I think he, he I'm not believe, comparing I think he Mark Berrigi to Peter Schmeichel. He believed that as well. Schmeichel, yeah. he was just, yeah. he had the strength of character to shrug off mistakes. Exactly. I think when, when you're playing the goal, like, uh, you, I always you, assumed it was my yeah. fault. Because yeah. it usually was. <laughs> yeah, everybody, everybody makes mistakes. When you're playing the goal, it's going to cost you a goal. But the one thing you, 
you've got to shrug it off quickly mm. because a goalkeeper cannot hide in a game. But yeah. Your next game, if you're a striker, you're a midfielder, you know, and you, you see that with certain players, they'll, they'll go hiding. And see a keeper, you can't hide, you're going to get called into action. When I made a mistake, the next game, I wasn't looking to be fantastic, Tom. I was basically just looking, don't make another mistake. Don't compound that mistake with another, because what you don't want to do is get a, you know, a run at everything that's happening. It looks like it's going to be a mistake after mistake. And you're quite happy to get through a game if you've made a mistake the previous game with, with having absolutely nothing to do. Now, the likelihood of that at this point in time is, is short, short odds for that one. He's going to have something to do. But I think I think going back to the keeper situation, Jim Goodwin had nowhere to go. Nah. I, I think Jack Newman putting it, a young lad in at this stage that of the season. That wasn't fair, yeah. It wouldn't have been fair. Absolutely. You know, you could you could wreck that boy's, boy's career. Birgitte can can handle it. You know, he's, he's, as, as you can see, you... Well, you've not. Sp- I don't think you've spoken to no, him. That was Alan, yeah. But Alan's spoken to him. He comes. He's a confident type character, and he'll get he'll get through this. Whether he can get through it without making any more mistakes, United fans will hope desperately so. But at the end of the day, I go back to the transfer window. It's an absolute nightmare what United did during the transfer yeah. window, yeah. Uh, allowing Ericsson to leave and not bringing another experienced keeper in. That mm. should have been looked at, and you know, heads should be knocked together for that one because that's left them in a really tricky situation they're in now in, with the goalkeepers that's what, that's what another thing I find strange with the Goodwin saying this week that Mark Ogren had made funds available for to bring in a free agent it didn't feel like the funds were particularly available in January yeah. when they needed no. them so it's, it's a strange timing for that because um, the, the whole time it appeared that Tony Watt had to, had to get out the door before they got another striker in I think maybe they were thinking if Ericsson goes out on loan they can use that cash to bring somebody else in but it didn't happen so why now it feels too sh- late was sh- the cry shutting the door after the horse was bolted uh, but just I still say, I still say I mean, the, the goalkeeping one I, I still say Ericsson and at the time it, it was suggested that he wanted to go you know which is not getting a game make so. the move yeah and yeah. I can under, understand why but he's a Dungeon United player yeah so regardless if he wants to go or not, you're not going to leave yourself short. Yeah. You're going to cut off your nose to spite your face. And that's what Dundee mm. United have done, it would seem, in this situation. And, you know, the, the repercussions are there for everybody to see mm. now. now th- just looking at the fixture list, this is a massive one on Saturday. Uh, obviously, every game is massive, the situation the United are in. But you've got an international break on the back of it. And then it's Rangers away, which nobody's, barely anybody's got any points from Ibrox this season. They've only... Two games they haven't won, and one was against Celtic, I think. Um, so that doesn't look promising. So that you're all the way, if you don't get anything on, on Saturday, you're all the way to April the 9th before yeah, the you, 9th. See, you see, George, um, that's why you should only ever take things one game at a time. <laughs> you should never look further. At, oh, is that, is that hypocrisy? Uh, yeah, it was a, it's, it's a funny... A, a joke from the Dundee section. Uh, I'm not sure everyone's listened to uh, that, to be To be... Semi-serious there. Well, well, in certain circumstances, you should just look. And maybe when you're battling relegation, don't have your yeah. players going into Saturday thinking, if we don't take points against this, it could be three games before we've mm-hmm. got chances. Eh? It's, um, St Martin's a funny one. I remember when they played Dundee in the, the Cup in, was it January? Yeah. And uh, my worry for Dundee then was, St Martin are a team that can beat you really well but on the score sheet it's only one or two nil uh, because they're that kind of compact team that doesn't mm. give much away it doesn't score you don't score many goals and as I say my worry for Dundee was they might have come out of that cup tie losing which in the end they did on penalties and you were there George and said they should actually won over 90 minutes yeah. but you could they could have come out of that game hadn't having had quite a beating but the score doesn't reflect that but one thing about from United point of view and a twisted way to be encouraged by is teams that are not prolific scorers, you can be out of the game, but if you get a goal, you can pick something up. So United, United have got, it's, it's a game where you keep things tight and say, just try not to let them score. And if we get a goal, that could be the three points. That's exactly, I think you've hit the nail on the head. Some of them are, you know, they're not a team that goes and batters you with goals. 
They'll get the one in, in the but the make life tough. If you lose a goal, yeah. you've got a big mm. job the, on your hands. As I say, the, the, there are games they've won very, yeah. very well this yeah, season. Guys, people haven't noticed because it's only a one nil or a two one. So much for United. They've got a good keeper in Trevor Carson. They've got yeah. experience at the back with big Declan Gallagher, you know, and, and they've got they've got they've got strength all over the park. But wouldn't you? Need, you're right. You, the, if United could get their noses in front and and you know keep the opposition out, going away back to when United. Mickey Mellon comes in. The first thing he does is yeah. shore up the defence. Make them hard to beat. Fair play. Bringing Benji Seagrees, top, top keeper. Makes life a lot easier. Doesn't give goals away. But the defence in general, and the team defends well. And the amount of times you watched tonight, and they were, they were pretty poor, and they were going to steal a goal and get the three points. And they'd be up at a table. And that continued under Tam Courts as well. Yeah. And they seem to have lost the knack of that now, but they need to find that quickly. They need to find some sort of resilience. And, you know, everybody looks at the goalkeeper and everybody looks at the, specifically the central defenders, you know, when they're losing goals. But everybody's everybody's got a job to do when it comes to defending. No, just the strength under yeah. Mickey Mellon and Robbie Nielsen was Callum Butcher. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah exactly. So, and, that, and with Seagrass behind the back yeah. four, Butcher in front, it suddenly became a solid six. Yeah, yeah, protecting the back four. But it's, it's other players as well, I mean, at set plays, not switching off. You know, centre backs can't be everywhere and can't be couple for every every no. goal that's scored. Everybody has a job to do, and they all know what it is. They're all told and, and briefed beforehand. This is your job. This is who you're going to be picking up at set plays. This is where you're meant to be standing. But it's amazing how many times that you know there wouldn't be any goals in games if everybody yeah. did their job properly. But I suppose that's a, the great thing about it. But yeah. you need you need to find that term. Yeah, they need to find that resilience inside that eighteen yard box and give limit the, limit the opposition's chances. Say, if somebody's going to come up with a wonder goal, then fair play to them. But we're not going to give them anything bouncing around in that in between no. the sticks in the six-yard ah. box. And if somebody's running from the halfway line, let's make sure it's not the centre half that has to ta- <laughs> is the first man to tackle them. Because that's not what centre halves really want. It's, it's no. sometimes you just need to get bodies in the way, don't you? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I mean, I saw when when Dundee went up. I know we're, we're turning this a bit, but when Dundee went up to the Premier League. Last season, Dundee were naive. Every yeah. team, every time Dundee were breaking, you saw teams, you know, a bit, a bit shrewder, a bit cleverer mm-hmm. than Dundee and getting their tackles in on the halfway line. Mm-hmm. Where most of the time, you're not taking a booking term. Yeah. You know, and Dundee, Dundee would allow, like you say, players to run until they're at the edge of your box before getting yeah. a tackle in. And, and this is where I think you need to find themselves at this point in time that talk about Butcher. They need somebody, somebody in that midfield has got to patrol and. I think it's a case of sniffing out the sniffing the yeah. early warning signs. Danger, danger. We're, we're, they've got an overload. Yeah. Tackle. <laughs> get a tackle in now because we're going to get caught here. And do it on the halfway line. And there's a good chance the referee will go, didn't do that again, son. But if you do it, we back on your own box. You're, you're getting a card straight mm. away and putting yourself under pressure. And getting people to think, funny, a game we mentioned earlier, Falkirk Air, I, I was watching the, the last few minutes and two, a lot of young players... Falkirk went ahead and there's laddies chasing guys like it's like oh I'll run behind them and <laughs> try to catch up and Falkirk have got Stephen McGinn this season uh, whose legs are, are going if not gone and there was one one late on where he's standing in that centre circle he sees here coming down their right flank and he does what what yeah, you're coached yeah, yeah. to do from he does the diagonal run where he's nowhere near as fast as the other headless chickens that are running yeah. about his team but he's there waiting. Or he's, he, as you say, yeah. sniffing out danger. Ah, exactly. He said, well, they're going down that wing. His diagonal run took him to where the ball was yeah. and the ball's up the park. Yeah. And, and that's the kind of, it, it's about, for so, all so, your want and effort and stuff, you need you need guys to look yeah. and say, and now, you know, I mean, is there, I mean, is there a, a case, we spoke about Ryan Edwards, is there a case to say, get Ryan Edwards back in the team so you can put Charlie Mulgrew in front of the yeah. defence because he's got that experience mm. and that reading of a game mm-hmm. where, and, and you don't have to I mean, know that Charlie Mulgrew is no a bad tackler, but you don't have to be the, the, the a ferocious tackler if you know where to be mm-hmm. at the right time. And it's maybe, I mean, the, bit, the big news coming out of Tannerice a couple of days, and it is a boost, it's Peter Pollitt. Uh, his return to fitness could be involved on Saturday. Is is a creative player in the team that's not scoring goals? Seems like what, exactly what they need, but is it is it more important that they find that anchor in midfield? Well, he's an experienced player, isn't he? He's been been around a long time in this, in, up here and down south. Um, 
I think it's definitely a, a boost to bring that bit now back in, especially with some. Well, I th- I'm, I'm guessing they'll be used further up the, the park, yeah. but um, right. especially Middleton and Levitt being, being out, I think it's it's good to see just another option because it's good one's not had many options, particularly no. obviously it's made decisions. Um, but I still think even more so if Pollock plays because he's all about what he does going forward and what he can do going forward. He's great. He's, he, he, you know, it's a bizarre thing to say. He, he reminds me when he's been at United and fit, he reminded me of Ryan Gold, a player who's much older, and that when he got into the final third, it wasn't it wasn't about 40-yard passes. It was about in tight situations, he could create chances yeah. with wee four or five-yard passes, just as Gold... Uh, has always done in his career and I like that about him but he's not a defender and they're still going to need somebody to shore up the defence a bit aren't mm-hmm. they that's a balance that's that's a balance Jim Guzman's got to make Tom it's a, and it's a big call again get I, that tape up to him <laughs> I'll pick his team as long as he takes the blame when it goes wrong He's got to try and stop right. the opposition scoring, but at mm. the same time, he's got to, yeah. certainly at home against St Mirren, he's got to he try needs, and create some sort of chances. chances. And Paul could be the man. Yeah. He, is, he is good. What I like about Paul, he's direct. He starts running at players. He gives defenders the question to, to answer when he when he, when he he takes them on. And he also gets you up the park because he wins, he wins a lot of free kicks, a lad. But it's because he's that direct and players have got to put challenges in. But if you're getting free kicks and it gives you a chance to get your big men up into the box and maybe get someone mm. from a set play. So, yeah, I mean... You know, have, I mean, you have to think going back. Jack Ross, Liam Fox, and now Jim Goodwin would all love to see Peter Pollock feeding passes yeah. to the equally intelligent Stephen Fletcher. Oh. And uh, that's Absolutely. maybe one of the big frustrations of this season that, that, that that's yeah. not happening. Yeah, yeah and it's, a, it's a shame for the lad as well, I, I've got to say. I mean, because yeah. you, I mean, you forget how, how tough it is. A footballer's life it isn't, a, isn't a long career, but when you're spending a lot of the season, mm. you know, People say, well, he's getting the ways, but that's not what you're there to do. You're, you're there to no. play. You want to play football every week. Now, sometimes you'll not play because the manager doesn't pick you, but it must be so frustrating when you've got to spend, you know, a lot of time on the sidelines recovering from injury. And Peter Potts had to do it quite a few times throughout his career, you know, where, where he's, he's been out through injury. So, yeah, hopefully if they get him he back... Must, he must be one of the few players in, in modern football who hates to see that he's boosted the team because it usually means he's coming back to fitness. Yeah, yeah. That, uh, he must be sick of seeing the number of times yeah. that, that that he's given his whatever club he's at a boost because the downside of it is he's been injured. Quite good for sports journalism because oh, you, yeah. you can lift that story and just boost his name and again just change the club. <laughs> Did we not have a Peter yeah, Paul at yeah, boost draw? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, a bit, it's a bit like that but a fantastic player to come back for for United for that very reason and they need to find an attacking threat uh, Stephen Fletcher I think is leading the line really well but he can't do it all himself yeah. he, he needs they need to get him in areas where he is going to get on the end of balls and score goals and you know to do that you need a bit of width in your team you need guys who are going to get down the line and get balls in the box and Peter Pollock can't do that and likewise if, if the ball's played up yeah. if it bypasses Pollock and goes up to Fletcher Pollock's the kind of player who knows where yeah. Fletcher's going to put the ball yeah spin off him yeah yeah absolutely it's an interesting one to see but I mean in the end it's, whether it's Pollock whether it's Mulgrew in midfield whether it's Edwards on the bench it's, a lot of Saturday's going to come down to attitude isn't it yeah yeah no, that'll, that'll come for the manager I think I think Jim Goodwin you know the problem he's got is he doesn't know the players well enough he've got to know them but he's unsure what they can produce and mm. so he's 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 a wee bit like uh, Gary Boyer in a sense when he was at Dundee right at the start of the season. He was unsure what players could offer. And he, yeah. Now, unfortunately for Jim Goodman, hasn't got time to find no. out. He's got to take. He's, he's having to gamble on certain boys, you know, at this moment in time. Um, but you're right. Ultimately, a boy was down to you chase every where they are. They've got yeah. to chase after every ball. And the fans, all the fans, even of the game. And I would say to Dundee United fans on Saturday and I'm, I'm sure they'll turn up in their numbers yeah. that United need them more than ever now and especially so if they go behind in a game that's when they, they mm. don't need fans t- getting on their backs they need the fans to get right behind them and, and support them because it's going to take as I said earlier on it's going to take a huge effort to get them get them off the foot of that table I don't mean barrel balk at this and George will be neutral but 
I hate everybody, so it doesn't matter who <laughs> I support. But it's actually, it's maybe worth making the point. Credit to United fans for the way they back their team. I, do, I, I can remember as a kid uh, when United were th- winning leagues and league cups, I, I always thought their, their fans could be uh, quite critical uh, and at times didn't appreciate what they had. But for a long time now, United team certainly United have got a set of fans, Arabs, during any given ninety minutes, really do get behind their team. Yeah, and you see that. I think, I think that's maybe Craig Levine's time at Tannadice. He seems to sort of generate that sort of atmosphere mm. where United would be very good, especially playing down towards their own fans. Yeah. And, they, and they still do that. I see that if they win the toss, they'll, they'll try and play down that way in the second half, but they would get goals, you know, at that point in time. And it seemed, you know, and it was just that, I was just that you felt the pressure on the opposition building and that comes to the team, obviously putting them under pressure, but also the fans yeah. were generating noise. Every corner was cheered, every throw in was cheered. And that's, you know, and you're right, Tom, you're right, fans have backed their team, you know, to the help in numbers this season. And, you know, and that that will that will continue, but they need them more than ever now. There's no doubt about it's it. Funny as you say, I mean, I, I spent three decades at Denz and Tannerice in the press box watching the toss. Pardon? And if they, <laughs> <laughs> you can explain that. <laughs> Back to the football, please. Um, and uh, if they were shoot, if Dundee or United were shooting downhill in the first half, I was always like, mm. it was always yeah. a wee negative to start yeah. off with because you wanted them. Uh, shooting and uh, and again, I mean, a couple of years ago, Dundee denied, Dundee denied there were slope deniers. <laughs> <laughs> but there is a slope, and uh, I mean, I remember stories from older colleagues uh, of Alec Ferguson, Walter Smith, uh, guys that because their local connections knew them a lot better than I ever did. They 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 did like to w- win the toss, yeah, and. Mm-hmm. You know, mess because they knew that the knew which way United and Dundee wanted to play yeah. uh, in the second half and think, made them think, do yeah, it. Yeah, I think that's right. I think and as you see, especially at Tannadice with the with the fans behind the East Stand. Yeah, see that's opposite at Dens, of uh, course. Uh, yeah, because the, the Dundee, Dundee maybe missed are, a trick there. Yeah, Dundee fans are in the in the in the in the Cox, uh, Bobby Cox stand, not in the Shankly stand. Yeah. And strange to say, when you're in the in the Bobby Cox stand, you, I know there's a slope at Dens, but. You notice it more if you're sitting in the Shankly stand, and, yeah. and during COVID, Dundee fans we were actually in, because they were spacing everyone out. We yeah, got yeah. tickets, but we're in, in the Shankly stand. You do you see that the, the, the actually comes right down towards you? There is a, a noticeable slope, but uh, yeah, I think most of the time is because are, it's, it's like they're shooting into their own fans. And yeah, I will Dundee do as well. That's the last the home game against Partick. Partick won. You could tell Partick won the toss because they put Dundee shooting into their own fans in the yeah, first half. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it does make a, a, an impact. Yeah. I was always... I mean, my whole football... Downhill was a catchword of my <laughs> unsuccessful amateur yeah. career. But <laughs> if there was a hill, I want to be shooting downhill in the second half. Yeah. There used to be... Actually, it's not so uh, prevalent nowadays in, uh, on, the, on the pitches and the Dundee Council pitches... There used to be some pitches with noticeable slopes uh-huh. in Dundee. Kirk, I can remember parts at Kirkton that had really sort of big Lockheed Park as well. As go some of the parks, you know, you, you're climbing yeah. about twenty foot up the brace sometime, you know. So there was a there was a big advantage to be playing Aye. down the way. But uh, we're not we're not quite talking about that sort of level Aye. of slope and, 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 and professional football. Easter Road was always yeah. the one, but they, yeah. they leveled that out when they did all yeah. the and it stayed level well, didn't they? The, the builders for that. But do you know the the one that I always thought was the worst one was old Douglas Park Hamilton because one half was flat and yeah. the other half was at a slope yeah, yet, and you used to that. see you used to see the, the away team when they were when they were kicking from the half that had the slope down the way yeah. the ball would the ball would be go over the striker's yeah. head when the yeah. goalkeeper kicked it out but equally when they were kicking yeah. into the half that sloped it used to it used to bounce more, you know. What I mean, it didn't <laughs> yeah. bounce on as much. Uh-huh. It bounced yeah. straight up, and it used to take catch, catch sort of five yeah. ten minutes yeah. for strikers to get yeah. used to that. I always thought that was a difficult Kirk- one. Kirkcaldy, Wraith Rovers said they had the big slope on the park, you mm. know, from the top goal, and and I'm sure they've levelled off. But that sort of piss stuff looks to me as <laughs> it must be an optical illusion. Yeah. That, yeah, but you're looking down the way from the away flags. Although I mean, that's again as a spectator, you you know the the slope that players the, the players that I spoke to about slopes, which yeah. isn't. <laughs> Not that many, but when when the subject was raised, you know the one that they found most difficult. No, come on in. Fir Park. 
Uh, across it's, it's across the pitch, it's across yeah. the pitch. That's right, isn't it? and I liked it and Tommy yeah. McLean the late Davy Cooper Tommy McLean I can't no. remember which wing it was but Tommy McLean when He'd he was his manager played him on the same wing yeah. both yeah. halves because he f- thought he was better and I, I, I can't remember if it was the lower slope or the higher slope yeah. but I, I spoke to a few players who did say it, going, yeah. up, going up hills not too bad but the, the Motherwell slope used to give them mm. problems yeah. I think they fixed that now since they they properly sorted their entire mind that it was really bad yeah. for a while but I think it's, a, fa- it's a fantastic surface now yeah. at Fur Park to be fair though. last time I was there the slope was still there he said putting his feet up on a Saturday <laughs> afternoon with a nice glass of red <laughs> and, li- and reading George's tweets <laughs> oh god great stuff guys if you like the podcast, we'd be grateful if you tell your pals about it. Or even better, leave a review or a simple rating on iTunes or wherever you find your podcasts. All that really helps people find Twa Teams One Street, and that means a lot to us. Don't forget to pick up your copy of the Tilly Monday to Saturday for all the latest from Dens and Tanadice, or go to thetilly.co.uk to find out how you can get the paper delivered right to your door. <laughs> <laughs>